And there is euphoria in the air, not only on the May the 9th, but also even right now. There's a lot, a lot of expectation. And uh, the thing now for us is, yes, you know, you have played our part. We, we have uh, prayed hard and uh, we have joined rallies. We have signed petitions. Uh, we have met our voice, our concerns and uh, whatever it is, you know. And uh, now, what do we do? even as a nation and as Christian citizens here in Malaysia. And on this Malaysia here, Malaysia Day, this is what I'd like to address this morning. First of all, we need to know that God is in control. God is passionate about changing lives, transforming cities, and building nations. God is interested in not just individuals, but even in nations. Sometimes we think that God, you know, leave the nations to run their own affair. You know, no, He is still very much in control. All right, it may not be the government of our choice, of our liking. We may not agree with the policies and whatnot, but you find that our God is still in control. And He places each one of us where we are right now. God has determined the times and the places of the nations. Deuteronomy 32 verse 8, when the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when He divided all mankind, He set up boundaries for the peoples. He set up boundaries for the peoples. And then in the book of Acts chapter 17 verse 26, from one man, He made every nation of man. From Abraham, He made every nation of man that they should inhabit the whole earth and He determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. Out of the... Out of Adam, out of the Garden of Eden. And from there, you find that God continues to set up nations. And He called one nation in particular, you know, and, and, from, uh, and from Abraham to be a model and example to all the nations. But you find that, hey, He determined the times and the exact places where they should live. You are born in Malaysia for a reason. You are not a Malaysian by accident. Some of you may be thinking, oh, I wish I, born in, I was born in Hawaii. Made in a good old USA. Or in Australia, Canada, anywhere else. Malaysia, hey, you are here for a reason. God is the one who he says, and, and, and set for them the exact place where they should live. And so I, I'm here because God has placed me here. And because of that, I am proud to be a Malaysian. Are you proud to be a Malaysian? Amen. Hallelujah. I am proud to be a Malaysian. But with that privilege, there are also responsibilities and obligations. And so today, we would like to quickly look at building lives and nation God's way. God's way. My text is taken from Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9 to 19. I'll just read verse 9 to 13. Then the Lord put forth His hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build and to plant. 
Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. And the word of the Lord came to me the second time, saying, What do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot, and it is facing away from the north. Now we know that Jeremiah had a call from the Lord and he wrestled with that call. When the Lord called him, God gave him this word. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I, see, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Four powerful verbs here. In just one verse, I formed you, I knew you, I set you apart, and I appointed you. Wow! Straight right to the heart. But of course, Jeremiah resisted that call. He said, no way, Lord. For two reasons. He gave two excuses. Number one, I'm too young. I'm just a boy. And number two, I cannot speak. I'm not capable When God called Isaiah, he said, I will send me. When God called Moses, he said, I won't. When God called Jeremiah, he said, I can't. Every one of them have the reasons. But God says, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. To the nations. And the nation here is not only Israel, not only Judah, although he, 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 he primarily ministered uh, to the people of Judah, but also to the nations. To the nation, the uh, uh, Babylon, to the Persians, and even to Egypt. A prophet to the nations. And so God rejected even the resistance of Jeremiah and said, don't say that. Because whomever he calls, he will equip. And that's what God did for Jeremiah. He prophesied around the, uh, 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 around the year of 626 or 627 BC. Over the reigns of five kings, actually. But let me just focus on these two verses. Verse 9 and verse 10. This is the mission. So the call is clear, and now the mission. Don't you like God? You know, He just not only calls you, but He tells you exactly what He wants you to do. Then the Lord put His hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down to build and to plant. That's the job description for Jeremiah. Right there in this verse itself. And the rest of Jeremiah, the rest of the book of Jeremiah is basically the living out of this job description given to the prophet Jeremiah. And you will notice that in verse 10, it says here, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, 
to build and to plant. That was the mission, the task that was given to Jeremiah. And interestingly, you will notice that there is the negative element and there is the positive element. The first two here, to root out, pull down, destroy, throw down, those are the negative elements of his ministry. And it comprises two-thirds. There are the six things that Jeremiah must do or call to do. And four of those things are negative. No wonder he comes out strong on the word of judgment of the Lord, calling the people to repentance, challenging the people, challenging the nation. Two-thirds of his ministries are occupied with undoing the things that are there. And only one third, the last part, to build and to plant. That is the positive aspect. Why? Spend so much time on the negative and only so little time on the positive. There is a reason for it. God sent Jeremiah with the good news and the bad news. And if somebody says, hey, brother, I, I, I got good news and a bad news for you. Which one do you want to hear first? Bad news first? Okay, let's go to the bad news first. But before we do that, you find that this message is also the same as what Solomon has written for us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Solomon reigned in the time or in the year 970 BC. Jeremiah prophesied in the year 627 BC. So separating the two uh, is, is a period of time, 343 years. One year, a king who is a builder, who is a gardener, who is an architect, King Solomon. The other, a spokesman for the Lord, son of a priest, trying to run away from the call of God. And yet both are synchronized by the Holy Spirit to say the same thing. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 to 9, there is a season and a time for everything. And in verse 2, it says, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to tear down, and a time to build. Same message that was given. And how true it is for every one of us, not only for our nation, but also for the church and also for each one of our lives. Building lives and nation, God's way. It starts with the process of building. And God's process is different from man's way. God's process is that destruction comes before construction. Destruction comes before construction. Destruction, he says here, to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down. Now the imagery here is taken from the analogy or the picture of a, of a farmer and also a, a, a construction work. So to root out, that is that talks about agriculture. And to pull down, talks about buildings. 
So the two imageries are used to convey the same message. But it says here to root out. In other words, first of all, there has been something that has been allowed to grow in the nation that is not healthy for the, for the nation at all. Something has been allowed to grow up in our lives that is detrimental to our health. To pull down. A building has been constructed. A moral edifice has been constructed that violates all building codes and that is unfit for occupation. And yet it was allowed to continue on. And God says the only way to deal with it is to pull it down. Because it is unsafe. So to root out and to pull down, very powerful word. And if God were to stop that itself, it is strong enough already to show what must be done in the nation and in the lives of the people of God. But as if it is not enough, God throw in another two powerful uh, 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 verbs. It says to destroy. And we are talking about nations and kingdoms here. Nations need to be rooted out. Kingdoms need to be pulled down. But that's not enough. Nations must be destroyed. And kingdoms must be thrown down. Wow. What an imagery that we have here. But this is so very necessary before God can do anything. And it's not just found here in chapter 1, verse 10. All over in the book of Jeremiah, God says it. Chapter 18, verse 7, At one moment I might speak concerning a nation or concerning a kingdom, to uproot, to pull down, or to destroy it. Chapter 12, verse 17, But if they will not listen, then I will uproot that nation, uproot and destroy it, declares the Lord. 45 verse 4, Thus you are to say to him, Thus says the Lord, Behold, what I have built, I am about to tear down. And what I have planted, I am about to uproot. There is the whole land. And Matthew 15, 13, likewise says. And so God is serious about it. And he's talking about uprooting and destroying nation, even including his own people, Israel. Because after this thing, when they did not listen, what happened? The nation was destroyed. They were taken into captivity in Babylon. And Jeremiah himself had to flee to Egypt. And 41 years later, after his calling, Jeremiah wrote the book called Lamentations. You read about it. How his heart was broken. But God had to destroy that nation for what purpose? So that he can bring them back so that he can build them up again. But the root has been so infested with diseases, the, 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 the foundation has been so rotten, that God has to do it the radical way. And that's the only way to deal with it. And likewise also in our nation, we are, not, we are going through not an easy time right now. As you all know, when the Pakatan Harapan comes into power, there was the manifesto and the promise that in 100 days they would do this and do that. And they did a lot of things. But after 100 days, people begin to criticize, hey, where are all the things that you promised to do? 
Hey, the tree has been planted, or the seed has been planted 61 years ago. And it will take more than 100 days to destroy it, to uproot it. But there are a lot of things that has to be undone. And to the commendation, even of the new government, they are doing it. The legal and judiciary system. Certain things have to be pulled down. Institutions, GLCs, you know, and corruption to the very core you know, of the systems must be uprooted. It's not an easy task at all. And we have a 93-year-old man at the center of it all, passionate about setting the nation on its right path again. Uprooting, pulling down, destroying, throwing down. It's all part of the process. It has to be done. And likewise, even in the church, Sometimes we can be so comfortable in the things and we allow things to fester and to grow. Not realizing that the root is getting rotten. And it is time even to look at the, you know, to, 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 to uproot even a religion and, 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 and certain tradition that is not healthy at all. Even in the church itself, you know, that, you know, I'm not talking about glad tidings only. I'm talking about the church at large. There are all kinds of prophets, all kinds of teachings. When Jeremiah was called, God says, I have called you. I have set you apart. He was definitely called by God to be a prophet. But even in the Christian church today, there are so many so-called prophets People appointed them. No, they are not appointed by, by, by God, but they are appointed by men or they are self-proclaimed prophets. And they preach all kinds of things and all these must be uprooted. Even scenes in the church, it has to be uprooted, tear down, and, and even any kinds of systems that are not pleasing and is not honoring to God. Even ministries, for example, they are not to last forever. There is a season and a time for it. And if it, you know, and if it is time to close down certain ministries, let's be bold, be daring to do it. And yet, many have sentimental values and say, no. You see, human beings are like this. When we see a tree that is growing, it is not producing fruit, we say, never mind. Let's cultivate it. Put in fertilizer. Or a, fruit, or a tree that is bearing rotten fruit, let's put in fertilizer. What you get when you put in more fertilizer, you get more rotten fruit. And when we see a building, all right, that is old and run down, and we say, never mind, let's, let's just give a fresh paint of coat. Let's touch it up. God's way is different. When that tree is not doing what it's supposed to do, God says the axe has been put to the root of the tree. The axe has been put to the root of the tree. Cut it down. 
and even buildings that are unsafe. Pull it down. Now, of course, to do all these things require a lot of skill. You go to construction site, how they tear down a building, it takes a lot of skill. Not any one of us can just do it. <laughs> if we just go and just take a sledgehammer and do it, we will injure ourselves and others. But it has to be done for the nation and even for your own lives. Are you living the victorious life? Or are there certain things in your life that needs to be uprooted? You have tolerated it. You have allowed it to grow in your life. Satanic strongholds must be, stro must be pulled down. When the word pulled down there, it may, it may mean many things, but one of the things that it meant is the pulling down of strongholds in the country, in the nation, principalities and powers. But that applies to our own life as well. Let there not be any strongholds in our life at all. We have to, uh, we have to do soul searching in this respect. And things that hinder our walk with the Lord, things that hinder our victories in the Lord. What's the command? The command is to root out, pull down, overthrow, and throw down, destroy. Then only are we ready for the next phase that God has for us in the nation in our lives. It's not easy. It is always very hard. Always very hard. But then there is always a construction part. God's idea is not destruction. Although there's about two-thirds of the ministry of Jeremiah. But it is also to build and to plant. And that's the whole reason. To build and to plant. To build and to plant. That's what God wants. Restoration. Redemption. In our lives. This is a positive aspect of it. God wants to build and plant something great in our nation, in our church and in our lives. But the old must be removed first. Jesus says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides by itself and it will not bear fruit at all. Things in our life, we have to bring them to the cross. We have to deal with it. And then after that, you find that, you know, life will come forth from us. He says to build and to plant. And this is a promise of God. Jeremiah 31 verse 18. As I have watched over them to pluck up, to break down, to overthrow, to destroy, to bring disaster, so I will watch over them to build and to plant, declares the Lord. There's a reason to build and to plant. I will set my eyes on them for good. I will bring them again to this land. I will build them up and not overthrow them. I will plant them and not plant them out. And this, I believe, is what God is doing in this nation, in our church, and in our lives. There are multitudes who are keen to root out and pull down, destroy and throw down. But very few who are building and planting. Very few. It is very easy to complain. It is very easy to find fault. It is very easy to point out what is wrong. But who has the solution? Who has the solution? 
who is willing to roll up their sleeves and get to work to bring about good for the land and for the people. Very few are actually building and planting. That's an even tougher job. Sometimes when the staff comes to me with some problems and this and that, I point out, so what's the solution? What's the solution? And the solution are what contributes towards the building and the planting. And that is the purpose of God. Oh. But how do we do it? How do we build? The power to build. First and foremost, the first instruction that God gave to Jeremiah is not an instruction, but rather a question. And in verse 11, God asked Jeremiah, simple question, Jeremiah, what do you see? God did not ask Jeremiah. Jeremiah, what's the plan? Jeremiah, what are you going to do? When are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? But God asked Jeremiah, the word of the Lord, verse 11, came to me, what do you see, Jeremiah? And I think that's the first step in building and in planting. What do you see? Jeremiah says, I saw the branch of an almond tree. The almond tree is very significant. Aaron's rod was an almond branch. And an almond branch is evidently chosen because it is the first tree to bud in spring. It is a sign of hope, of life itself. But in this case here, God immediately answered Jeremiah and said, you have seen well and I am watching. I am watching over my word to perform it. The word almond and the word watching in Hebrew is almost similar. God is saying, I am watching over you. I'm watching over the nation. I'm watching over the affairs of the nation. I am in charge. I'm in control. I'm concerned. And I will plan and build. So the almond branch is a very powerful symbol of the care, of the love, of the watching of the Lord over the people and over the nations. God has not forsaken the nation and there is hope. That almond branch is a sign of hope for the people of God. There is hope for Malaysia. Hallelujah. There is hope for Malaysia. The almond branch. We see an almond branch. What do you see? So the first step for us is to just take a walk down the neighborhood, down the streets. And the Lord will be asking us the question, what do you see? Take a drive around town. What do you see? And the Lord will speak to us as He spoke to Jeremiah. Do we see injustices? Do we see poverty? Do we see inequality? Discrimination? Corruption? 
In other words, we have to see as God sees. And the second thing that, 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 that Jeremiah saw is a boiling pot. It symbolizes the destruction that will come from the north, from the Babylonians themselves. And God is not hiding the ugly things. He says, see the world as it really is. Not just the hope, but the judgment that is to come. What do you see, Jeremiah? They say that before the Agong or before the Prime Minister visits a place, they will clean up the road, they will clear everything so that, you know, the king and the PM will see only the good part of town. But they will never drive him to the old part of town. They don't want him to see that. That's not reality. God wants us to see the world as it really is. Not to hide the facts, but to see reality. God wants us to see, not as the world sees, not as the government sees, not even as politicians see them, but as God sees them. That's the first part of it all. Do we see what God sees? Sometimes when I become dry in the ministry a little bit, this is what I'll do. I just drive downtown, open my eyes, go to those red light streets. Just walk that street just to see the people. And God will burn that passion in my heart again. God will speak again. What do you see? Let us learn to see what God sees. And then be prepared. Verse 17, therefore, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Nudge your neighbor and say, prepare yourself. Come on, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself for what? How? The first preparation, preparation is that of spiritual preparation. More than anything else, is a spiritual preparation for the believers, for the citizens of Malaysia. We need to pray. Pray as never before. And we need to pray for revival. Oh, Jeremiah's heart just went out. He's known as a weeping prophet. Not only did he pray for the people, but he wept over them. Literally, he wet his, blade, his bed with tears. Pray for, pray for our nation. We are at a transition. And what has been accomplished during the past hundred over days or so, the enemy, Satan, demonic forces will not like it. They will continue to attack and bring down even this nation. Let's pray, pray. Pray for revival most of all that God will sweep over this land. Friends, our hope is not in the Pakatan Harapan government or in any political system for that matter because all of this will fail. Sounds like a doomsday prophet, but we know that the kingdom of God is very different. The values are very different from the kingdom of this world. And the kingdom of this world will not survive. They will be there for a time uh, according to God's appointed time. 
We participate in it, yes. But our values in the kingdom of God and our treasure is in the kingdom of God. The world values power, wealth, status. But the kingdom of God values justice, honesty, integrity, righteousness. So let's pray for the kingdom of God even to be established in this, in this, in this land. Let's pray for revival most of all. Revival so that the people will come to know Jesus Christ, so that the nation can be brought to God, just as Jeremiah sought for the return of the people of God. Let's pray for revival. The ministry of Jeremiah started in a revival during the reign of King Josiah. King Josiah was a righteous king. He brought in revival. But it was just kind of superficial because... Yes, the people followed and, and, and seemed to be in revival, but they were following a good king, that's all. And uh, later on, it died. The revival died. It did not last. But let's pray for a genuine, authentic revival to sweep over Malaysia. Can somebody say amen? amen. This is how, what we have been praying for all these years. Let's continue to do so. He says, prepare yourself and arise. Arise. There are some responsibilities of the Christians in nation building as well. There are many things that we can do. I won't go through all of these things. But we as citizens here have responsibilities to participate in the public arena, to be patriotic, yes, to even pay our taxes, to be part of those who take a stand against corruption, against evil. But most of all, to spiritually uphold our nation before God through all forms of prayers for our leaders, national institutions, and citizens of the land. And very important, it is our responsibility to shine as light through exemplary conduct in all our dealings at public, private, domestic, or personal matters to shine for the Lord Jesus Christ. And lastly, to declare God's word. Speak to them all that I command you. God told Jeremiah, speak to them all that I command you. You see, Jeremiah's work is not executive work. All that God has given him, he's not a person under, uh, in charge of operations and all those kind of things. He can't do it. But God, God gave him this work, a declarative work, to declare. You just declare and I will do it. I will perform it. I am watching over my word to perform it. When God says, I have set you, as a prophet over the nations, God says, I have already authorized you. The word set you is a very powerful word. He has been authorized over the nations and over the kingdoms. And God says, when you speak those words, I'm watching my word to perform it and I will do it. There is power in declaring the word of the Lord. We are not called to be prophets to the nations, yes? That's true. I don't consider myself as a prophet over the nations, 
but I am called to be a servant of the Lord and that itself is powerful enough. You are called to be a servant of the Lord. That is powerful enough. So what do we do? We declare God's word. Speak the word of the Lord. There is power in our tongue. There is power in our mouth. There is power in the word of the Lord released through the people of God. And we are to declare it. To say what God says. Not to say what we feel is right or is wrong with this nation, but to say what God has said for the nations. To declare what God says for the nation, for the church, for the community, and for my own life, for your own life as well. And to speak life. To speak life. And so we are going to do that even this morning with the promise that God will grant us the triumph finally. In verse 19. What happened? In verse 19, God says, I will be with you and I will deliver you. Hallelujah. God will be with us in Malaysia, in this new Malaysia. But there are certain things that we need to do as I have just outlined. What do you see? Prepare. Arise. Declare. Those are the things, the very minimal things that we can do. So let's build lives and nations God's way. Shall we pray?